right, welcome everyone to another episode of my weird little podcast. It's me, Tia. I'm here all the time. It's like I'm trapped in a box. Pat is in the other room, trapped in his box. Uh, today we're going to bring you a new story. Uh, before I get into that, um, as of today, today is August 2nd when we're recording this. And I'm so excited because my two really good friends, one you're familiar with, Teresa, who has been on the podcast. She is my, my podcast partner most of the time. Uh, and my friend, Jenny Babb. Uh, they are coming to uh, to Las Vegas to visit me next weekend. I'm so excited about that. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, so uh, hopefully there's no hiatus for the podcast. I think I planned ahead plenty. But, uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I've seen the Barbie movie this week. I've already seen it twice. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. It does make you feel icky on the inside about uh, what it's like to live in this reality as a woman and also as a man who has emotions, you know, and I think it really relates to a lot of people. You know, if you don't think it relates to you, you're, you know, you're wrong. So (laughs) it does relate to you. It relates to everyone. It's a super relatable movie, Um, but I loved it a lot. And, um, Second to Rocky Horror, it is the movie I've seen the most in the theaters, coming up at two times seeing it in the theaters, because I've not ever gone to a movie twice uh, in the theaters. But yeah, have you ever gone to see a movie more than once in the theaters besides Rocky Horror? Yeah. What movie was it? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Really? You sat through I, I I was hardcore nerd when that stuff came out. Like I I went for the first the first showing. Oh and yeah. That was the first time I realized like that people dress up to go to movies. Um, how many times did you go see it? Uh, I think we saw it three times. Oh okay. I'll be honest. I snuck in one time, so I only really paid for twice. I, I think Peter Jackson can afford that i think did you buy concessions right yeah no did you buy concessions not. when you snuck in i probably snuck in candy too i'm sure oh okay because i was about to say because like movie theaters as long as you buy concessions they're not really making money off of the ticket sales that's why they give away movie tickets all the time or they do like five dollar movies because you think about it you spent you went to a five dollar movie spent five dollar five dollars on the movie but then you spent $28 on a hot dog, a popcorn, and a soda. And mm-hmm. honestly, like having worked in restaurants, uh, having worked next to a movie theater, I didn't work. You worked in a movie theater, but you know, soda, soda is so incredibly cheap. Right. Because like, they're buying the, the syrup. Yeah. They're buying the syrup and the soda water is basically free. Mm-hmm. you know other than the electricity it costs to make it you know um, no, the popcorn was the biggest one that was it was 80 cents for a huge like 20 pound bag of kernels and that yeah. stuff lasted for like a week you know that bag would last for like that long maybe and that's 80 yeah. cents like the amount of popcorn coming out of that and they're Shoot. they're charging 6.99 for a small you know for, for what would be like a handful of kernels maybe yeah. <laughs> so, 
But what go support your local movie theater. I I've always dreamed of owning my own movie theater. You know? Oh, if you ever get a chance and you're in LA, go to the Old Town Music Hall. Uh, they show old movies. They have a Woolitzer pipe organ. Uh, they also have one at the El Capitan Theater, but there's like only like four Woolitzer pipe organs in North America, and two of them are in LA. I might be wrong about the those numbers, but they have a Woolitzer pipe organ at the El Capitan Theater, and it's wonderful. It comes up from the bottom of the stage, and it's glorious. But at the Old Town Music Hall, the Woolitzer pipe organ was like redesigned in the 60s to be a black light experience. And it is fabulous. It is absolutely fabulous. Please go and check it out. It is a small theater. Uh, if if they're still doing this, when I went, they had like homemade macaroons that were like so incredibly addictive that yeah. like I, I literally thought about these macaroons Um uh, like I thought about them so bad that I made up an excuse to come back to the movie theater to go see another movie just so I could have one of those macaroons. Macaroons or macarons, I don't know. They're the coconut ones. If you don't like coconut, it's okay. They have other concessions <laughs> there. Um, but yes, that that's the first time I ever saw The Thin Man, which is fabulous movie. Um, that's another tangent to go down. Um, yeah. but the thin man is great. I love Nick and Nora. They remind me of you and me and our relationship. Um, you know, drinking and making fun of each other a lot, but solving crime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't own a dog. We do own a cat, but you know, that, that would be like the only difference there. Right. Um, oh, what else happened this week? I mean, that's about it. I got to figure out when I'm going to go see the new Haunted Mansion movie, which um, I'm like medium excited to see it. Like, I'm not usually like excited over Disney films, but I do actually want to see this one. Um, I I don't know why, <laughs> but I do want to see it. So I do. I want to make a like a plan to go see that, but I haven't. I don't have enough time. Uh, maybe I'll get to see it. Out of out of all the Disney um, properties, like I feel like I was like knowing that they were gonna eventually make films or TV shows about some of these attractions, mm -hmm. like Pirates of the Caribbean and all that stuff. Like I think Haunted Mansion for me had so much potential, but also like the it's not like the ride was like a full through story. It was mostly yeah. just characters, you know, just random characters, you know, which is cool but I feel like it leaves so much to interpretation that it's, it's going to be easy for people to be disappointed by it. Yeah. You know, I pirate, was... pirates was really well done. Oh, pirates you know? was fantastic. And especially was... the first one. Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. Holy, and that holy. Was, yeah. That was made after a ride that doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So it's, it's doable. It's just up to the writing. But they were still able to keep in a lot of things from the ride and that didn't take away from the story. Um, and it wasn't like, hey, remember this part? Yeah. It was just something that happened. The original Haunted Mansion <clears throat> movie with Eddie Murphy, I enjoyed. This one feels like it's kind of the same type of vibe. I would love a Haunted Mansion movie that takes it all the way back to the mansion and the origin story 
but I haven't seen the new one, so maybe they do that. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. But something that's a little more like, I don't know, like a VC Andrews style vibe. But, you know, I'm biased because I've read all of VC Andrews books. So no, I, I agree. You know. Something something like actually darker, you know, because oh, the Haunted yeah. Mansion was like, it's actually scary at the beginning, you know, with the hanging and everything, you know, like that's I think that's lost now is like the it's kind of like glossed over on that yeah like what i would want to do is like to do if you have the disney plus thing to do a series and that way you don't have to necessarily connect them through you know all these characters you can just have this episode is these characters this episode Ooh. is these characters you know like, yeah like a uh <laughs> limited time series going over the 999 ghosts i guess that wouldn't well, be that limited because you could do close to a thousand episodes that's, that's you know yeah. um but that would be pretty pretty cool because like there are backstories and concept art for a lot of the characters there mm -hmm. you know and the same um, they must have been the same for pirates too like when they make these rides and stuff they try to you know make a story go through yeah. it you know oh yeah yeah um I would love for them to do a Tower of Terror movie uh, better. <laughs> Although mm -hmm. I do love the original with Kristen Dunst, baby Kristen Dunst. I do like it a lot. I would love for them to do one that is like Agatha Christie style, you know, I don't know, just a little bit better. But, you know, I think we pulled to do like a twilight zone thing because that's like kind of what they were doing anyway yeah. you know, was to make it like that yeah like i would do a haunted mansion series and then end it as the haunted mansion is abandoned and they you know everyone has to like leave and the new tenant move you know the last person to leave moves into the the tower of terror yeah and, uh, and brings whatever it was with them well i guess you have to write it now you know and right, yeah i'm, I'm editing this out of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay good no one steals your idea uh all right well i'm gonna get into the story now cool. i do want to shout out to mitchell raldson bestie of the podcast at uh mr spooky 13 because i totally ripped off this idea from him uh you know like there are only there there is only so many paranormal cryptid weird stories out there and like if I cover something someone else is gonna cover it either already did or you know will after me I do not own the rights to any of these stories whatsoever most of the stuff I get information from is like wikipedia murderpedia very public uh very very public um I don't know forums I guess <laughs> um for, but I do want to shout out to Mitchell because I had never heard of this story. And then I saw one of his TikToks, which is TikTok is at Mr. Spooky 13. And if you're not following him on TikTok, follow him because he does TikTok right. And uh, he's winning TikTok right now. But I got I heard this story from his TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And he covered it very lightly on TikTok. You can only do really up to like three minutes. So uh, so I thought it was pretty fascinating. And uh, I'm just going to get into it. So today we're talking about the green children of Woolpit. 
And if you follow me on TikTok, you're going to know what I'm wearing while recording this. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see me. But I wore a green outfit. Um, I also have my green hair. Uh, if you haven't seen me on social media, I do have green hair currently. But it is fading. And it's doing this weird gray thing right now. But it, I will be changing it soon because I want to coordinate it with my Halloween costume, which is a surprise. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is quite yet, but I'll, I'm, I'm going to change my hair color because I don't want to wear a wig for Halloween because it's like a hundred and a million degrees out here in Vegas during Halloween. So uh, I don't want to be miserable. And also it's time for a change. But uh, yes, I'm wearing like a vintagey green dress uh, in honor of the green children of Woolpit. So I got most of my information from Wikipedia, Ancient Origins, and Historic-UK.com, and as well as Mitchell Routson at Mr. Spooky 13. Um, so Woolpit, we'll get into it. Woolpit, which was also known as Woolpit, uh, or Woolpit, <laughs> um, is the it's W W U U L dash Pit Woolpit. Um, uh, it is a village in uh, the English country of Suffolk, midway between the towns of Bury St. Edmunds and Stowmarket. Now, wool pet, wool, also wolf pet, uh, comes from uh, the 10th century as wool pet, wolf, wolf pita. It derives from the old English wolf pit, meaning pit for trapping wolves. So that's what it is. It's not like wool as in sheep, lambs. It's a wolf trap. Uh, now, in 2011, the Woolpit Parish had a population of 1,995, which is not a lot of people. Um, so keep in mind, this is a very small village. This is really, as far as I know, really kind of their biggest claim to notoriety is this legend that I'm about to get into. So uh, in the Middle Ages, which is, I think, around this time, I need to be better at historical times and dates. My story takes place around the 1100s. Um, but in the Middle Ages, it lay within the most agriculturally productive and densely popular populated area of rural England, the village belonged to the rich and powerful Abbey of Saint Abbey of Bury Saint Edmunds. Story takes place in the 12th century, perhaps during the reign of King Stephen. Um, not to be confused with the horror author Stephen King. Um, they are two different people. So, uh, so the this also takes place during a time of the anarchy. Uh, it is literally called the anarchy and, uh, it, it was a time of civil war. So, uh, there was war going on between England and Normandy between 1138 and 1153, which resulted in a widespread breakdown of law and order. So kind of gives you an idea of what's going on. And this is just a small little village that is kind of, you know, existing, keeping it to themselves for the most part, 
during a time where uh, a lot of people are at odds with each other here. So two children of unusual skin color, usually reported to have a slightly greenish tone to their skin, uh, reportedly appeared in the village of Woolpit in Suffolk, England, sometime around the 12th century. Now, they were found by reapers working their fields at harvest time near some ditches that had been excavated uh, to trap wolves, which is what they did. That's why they're called Wool Pit or Wolf Pit. Uh, at St. Mary's of the Wolf Pits, uh, their skin was tinged with a green hue. Their clothes were made of some unfamiliar materials. And their speech was unintelligible to the reapers. So these uh, reapers just encountered two children, oddly skin colored, dressed different, and speaking something that they could not understand. It was just unfamiliar to them. Uh, the feral children were taken to the village where they were eventually accepted into the home of local landowner, Sir Richard Sir Richard D. Kane at Wilkes. Uh, the children would not eat any food presented to them, even though they appeared to be starving. Uh, eventually, the villagers brought around um, of some beans that they had recently harvested. They were raw beans. They were uncooked. Um, and the children devoured these beans. And they would only eat these beans for many months uh, until they were eventually uh, eating regular food. Uh, as they started to eat more and more foods, the green color of their skin eventually uh, went away and they became regular looking people. Um, and then, so it was decided to baptize the children. Uh, now, boy who what, appeared to be the younger of the two it was very sickly it is reported that he died either right before he was able to be baptized or very soon after but the girl would live on um she actually survived her malnutrition and uh she eventually adjusted to her new life although she was considered to be very wanton and impudent in quotes, that's what they said about her. Well, you know, it, it's not very nice, but it's okay. Uh, but so over the coming years, she learned how to speak English. Uh, and she was later married to a man in King's Lynn, which is a neighboring country of Norfolk. Uh, according to some accounts, she took the name of Agnes Bear. Uh, and the man she married was an ambassador of Henry II, although these details are not exactly verified. Uh, she learned to speak English, uh, which meant she was able to relay and talk about where she actually came from. So uh, according to her, she and her brother came from a strange underground land that she called the land of St. Martin. Uh in there, there was no sun. It was perpetual twilight. Uh, like them, the inhabitants of St. Martin's Land, uh, they were also, who all they all lived underground, but they also had the same green color of skin. 
she described another luminous land that she could see across the river. Uh, the girl explained that she and her brother were looking after their father's flock when they came upon a cave. On entering the cave, they wandered through the darkness for a long time, following the sound of bells. And they came out on the other side, entering into bright sunlight, which they found um, they found startling. And then uh, that is where they found the Reapers. So, obviously, this is why people kind of uh, find this story fascinating, because a lot of people connect this story to uh, some sort of extraterrestrial proof that aliens exist. You know, it is very strange. Uh, you know, two green children appearing almost out of nowhere from an underground world, you know, and there's a lot of theories, you know, about uh, underground, you know, uh, what is it like underground communities that there are aliens or even governments that is underground or in the sea as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh before I get into what is the probably rational explanation on this, how do you feel about this story and these children? Um, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, there's there's supposedly, you know, beings that do live in the earth, you know. Mm -hmm. And after watching that thing yesterday, there's apparently stuff underwater that we don't know about. Can you tell my followers what that thing is? What do you mean? The thing that you oh, watched. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was um, the the Senate hearing or, or uh, House committee hearing, uh, basically discussing the uh, legitimacy of UAPs or UFOs, and some of them were basically credited as saying that private companies were invested in reverse engineering aircrafts, that they were spotted um, out out above the ocean when there was calm seas, and then out of nowhere there's white water and they disappear. And it's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's pretty much proving that, you know, something's going on. Yeah. I fully believe in aliens. However, I have a very skeptical and cynical view on ancient aliens. Even though it's my favorite show, even though it's my favorite drinking game, you drink whenever they say Chichen Itza or uh, ancient astronaut theorists. You know, you can also drink whenever you see Giorgio Sukalos, you know, that works yeah. too, uh, whenever he appears on screen. Um, but... I love that show, but I feel like, you know, it's just like jumping to conclusions. So this story, although fascinating about, you know, weird children, and we also have this like fascination with children, whenever children are involved, the black eyed children, you know, uh, there are other stories of like mysterious children Karar, which we talked about. Well, I guess he wasn't a child. Um, but I kind of want to get into more stories about creepy children, you know. But there's this fascinating uh, or fascination with, with it. So, you know, which is probably why people found this story interesting, you know. And it's also like 
foreign beings showing up, uh, you know, definitely could lead to more and more tales, you know. So anyways, um, there is proof that this story probably did happen. Uh, there are two written accounts of the children of Woolpit. Uh, the English chron- chron- chronicler, oh my goodness, the English chronicler, uh, Ralph of Cogshell, who died around 1228 AD, uh, was an abbot of the Cistercian Monastery at Cogshell, uh, which was about 26 miles south of Woolpit. His account of the green children of Woolpit was recorded in Chronicon Al. Oh God, I cannot. Is it uh basically translate to English Chronicle, but Chronicon Anglicanum, um, and in it he named Richard Decane, uh, who took the children in as his source. So this is one, you know, uh, what is it? The Kevin Bacon game. One degree to Kevin Bacon to the story, you know. Uh, so he he got it from the man who took the children in. So I would say more or less reliable. Uh, meanwhile, the English historian and uh, canon at the Augustinian Newbury Priory, uh, far north in Yorkshire, William of Newburgh, uh, include included the story of the green children in his main work, Histor- Historium, uh, r- oh my God, Historia Rerum Allegacarum, which is translated to History of English Affairs. Uh, both writers stated that the events took place within the reign of King Stephen or Henry II, uh, depending on which version of the story you read. So probably happened. Um, so, uh, Robert Burton, who suggested in his book, which was written much later in 1621, uh, the anatomy of melancholy. So Robert Burton suggested in his story, which was written much, much later in 1621, the book, uh, anatomy of melancholy that the green children of Woolpit fell from heaven which is not what happened at all, uh, leading to others to speculate that the children were extraterrestrials. Now, in 1996, an article published in the magazine Analog, astronomer Duncan Lunin uh, hypothesized that these children were accidentally transported to Woolpit from their extraterrestrial uh, home planet and may have been trapped in Sacronius orbit around its sun. This was written in 1996. So, you know, a little bit further down the line here. Uh, he, uh, uh, presenting that the conditions for life only in a narrow twilight zone between a fiercely hot surface and a frozen dark side. He uh, included claims again in his book uh, in 2012, uh, the book Children from the Sky. Recently, though, uh, a book has come out uh, within the last couple of years called The Green Children of Woolpit. It's a completely fiction book. Uh, it's by J. Andrew Coates. Um, and it depicts the children coming from a fairy land. 
you know, which to me is more believable than aliens, you know, that these kids would become, come from a fairy land. However, I hate to debunk this story completely, um, you know, only minimally hate it. I actually getting a little bit of enjoyment of debunking the story, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, before I debunk it, what is your theory on the, on these kids? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's something they, I don't know, previously ingested or lived around, some type of mm-hmm. plant or something. I don't know. So the kids are probably just Flemish. That's it. Um, so what is Flemish? <laughs> Flemish, like from Fleming. All right. So sorry to debunk this story. Um, sorry, not sorry. I actually like debunking things, or at least I don't know. I'm the type of person who likes knowing how the magic trick works, which is why, like the mass magician, which I totally grew up on, uh, and now you know I'm in my mid thirties. Um, it's that's you know was fascinating to me so i'm just gonna go ahead and debunk this story uh possibly you this is just a theory as well who knows they could just be alien children maybe that's the easiest explanation you know there but not exactly likely so the simplest explanation to this could be that they are just flemish which means they are people of Fleming, which is uh, Flanders, Belgium, people who speak Flemish, which is uh, kind of like speaking Dutch. Um, it is a little more complicated than that, but that's we'll get it. We can get into that another day versus Flanders versus Belgium, Flemish versus Dutch. Basically, the reason why this small town of Woolpit thought that these people these two kids were so foreign and extraterrestrial and bizarre was because they were foreign to them so uh possibly from a near place there's my phone going off uh possibly from a nearby place known as forham saint martin which was separate separated from woolpit by the river lark Uh, A lot of Flemish immigrants had arrived during the 12th century, but were persecuted under the reign of King Henry II. In 1173, many many were killed near Bury St. Edmunds. This is why they dressed in strange clothing uh, and speaking another language. Uh, They would have presented as very strange to the Woolpit villagers. Uh, They also entered... Uh, one of many underground mine passages in the area, which finally led them to Woolpit. That is why it seemed as if they went through a cave and came out on the other side and why people theorize that they were from underground. They weren't coming above, like coming from underground. They went through uh, into a mine, came, you know, through the mine onto the other side where they were found by the two reapers. Um, Now, also, they said they were from a place that was perpetual twilight. That has been a theory that, you know, 
maybe it just seemed very dark, you know, because there was a lot of woods and trees in their area. These are also children uh, interpreting their, uh, it was a child, it was the girl interpreting her memories later on once she learned the language of the people. Uh, their green coloring. Uh, one proposal is that the children were suffering from a condition known as hypochromic hypochromic anemia, uh, originally known as chlorosis, coming from the Greek word chloris, uh, which means a greenish yellow. Chlorosis is caused by a very poor diet that affects the color of the red red blood cells. Uh, we kind of talked about the red blood cells causing your skin pigment to change or be different with the blue fugates of Kentucky. We talked about that a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but there are other conditions that will change your skin color. Um, and it can be very simple uh, explanations. You know, there was the one guy in the blue fugates that had uh, a, overabundance of iron in his system that caused him to be blue um whereas the fugates it was like hereditary you know but it was the the blood cells the red blood cells causing this skin color but this is caused from malnutrition it results in a noticeably green shade of skin uh to support the theory is that the fact that the girl is described to be returning to normal after she adopts a healthy diet it also could explain why they craved beans and only ate beans because there's probably some sort of deficiency in their system. And this was, you know, what in their mind, it's why kids eat dirt or dig in the dirt is because, you know, they're craving like some sort of vitamin that the, their body is sensing in, in this. So, you know, maybe a little womp womp of an ending to this story that it can very easily be explained. Uh, but it leads for some great folklore uh, and some great folk tales, you know, to come, come out of this, but that, that is it. That's all I have for you for the green children of Woolpit. So I hope you enjoyed that. Very interesting. Um, you know, so uh, yeah. Hopefully we can uh, talk a little bit more about creepy children because I find it fascinating. You know, we'll talk about the black eyed children at some point uh, as well. I'm going to start the book, uh, The Midwitch Cuckoos, pretty soon here. Uh, I've, you know, picked up that book, read parts of it and put it down. And now I'm going to revisit it soon. It's what the book, um, what the film, the two films of, uh, Village of the Damned is based off of this book, The Midwitch Cuckoos, you know, and uh, Village of the Damned, if you haven't seen it, the original is fantastic. The remake is also very scary. <laughs> um, I like the original a lot more because, you know, black and white and it's more suspenseful. The remake is definitely terrifying though. And, you know, feels very real in modern times. You know, but uh, we should definitely do a whole series on creepy children. Let me know if you want to hear about that. Uh, like always, please share this podcast with your creepy friends.
friends, family, neighbors, whoever, uh, please follow me on TikTok. Uh, it's at my weird little podcast on TikTok. Um, follow my Instagram uh, at Tia's the coolest or uh, my weird little podcast. I don't really post on Instagram as much, but you can get a hold of me using me through Instagram. Uh, you can find my social medias. I'm not hard to find. Email us at my weird little podcast com and other than that i hope you have a spooky rest of your day everyone uh go eat some beans you know drink some coffee and stay away from creepy children <laughs>